said, I was chatting with the president or the, the founder of the Krishna temple the other day. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what is my life right now? And <laughs> people are like, wait, and then, she... <laughs> and then I talked with the rabbi of Utah and as one does, as, as one does, one does. And then Father Paul came over, <laughs> like, but it's so feels like a awesome. joke, like a line in a joke, doesn't it? What do you get when you mix a rabbi and a Krishna leader? <laughs> like this is our life now. Greek Orthodox leader. Hey, welcome to That's Church. My sister Emmy and I are on a mission to open our hearts and minds by attending different churches here in Utah. We're talking to the beautiful people that make their church a community. Today we are talking about Krishna. We are very excited about this. I guess we'll start by talking about our first impressions of the building, driving up on it. My seven-year-old daughter, Birdie, immediately when she saw it said, is that Jasmine's castle from Aladdin? And I was, I just Aww. wanted to say, yes, it is. And a tiger will greet us at the door. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, though, actually, because they have all the animals. They have llamas. They have parrots. Like, full-on, like, big caged parrots. They yeah. have, what else? I know. I was like, this really kind of is yeah. like that. Like, it's very magical feeling. The whole property is gorgeous. And it's, like, nestled in a valley, but you have the mountains behind it. It feels very surreal. And it's, mm -hmm. it kind of just appears out of nowhere too. Like there's not much around it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yes. <laughs> this big, beautiful palace-like temple. Mm -hmm. And it's just very grand. And yet when you get into it, it feels very humble and very like cozy. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. I do. And I think a lot of Utahns are very familiar with it. So I'm really excited to, I have always wondered more about it. You know, I think I've wandered in before. Um, I've never done the color festival and I've always wanted to, but I think it's amazing. And I think it's so cool that most, I feel like most of my friends have been to it. And so it's really cool that they have this like coined thing that they're kind of famous for. Um, mm -hmm. But also I've just always been really intrigued by what must go on in there. And I didn't know if there were services really, or if it's just a place they do yoga or, or anything like that. So when I started researching it, I was really excited about, of course, the the Spanish Fork one that's more of the one that everybody's familiar with. Um, but Todd and I found that there was one in Holiday. And Ashley wasn't able to go with us at that time. So Todd and I went and it was so cool. And it's kind of like nestled back into this neighborhood area almost. It's like and there's like houses and there's also businesses. And anyway, it seems like it's always been there. Like it's just part of the scene. It's not as open as the Spanish Fork one. It's just like a parking lot. A little lot more like urban maybe. Yeah. Yeah, a like more, more a part of the community. Which is cool to kind of have both, you know. So we went in just on a regular weekday and there was a priest there. He said he's called a priest. Mm -hmm. And um he was dressed in like like Hindu type robes, what I would imagine a Hindu believer type robes. And um he was from India. And had a pretty thick accent, which kind of added to the ambiance for me. I thought it was really cool. And, and he walked us through everything. They had a gift shop that is really fun to go through, especially with kids. Um, they have like the the robes and things that you might wear um, when you're going to a service. 
Um, or my husband and I have been to Nepal and they're very much the the dresses and the clothing that they wear there traditionally um, to weddings or to parties or just um, just regular regular day wear, um, which is fun to be able to purchase stuff like that. They had a bunch of different like enlightening spiritual books and things for purchase. And they have the Bhagavad Gita, which is their basically their Bible. And then he took which us Which Todd through- read quite a bit of. Yeah, we purchased one and and I've read through, like, I've kind of skimmed through some of it, but, um, but Todd has read quite a bit of it and, um, I thought he'd read half. He hasn't read quite half, but, but he's read quite a bit of it. And a lot of it started with wars, which I thought was interesting, kind of similar as, you know, similar to the Book of Mormon and the, and the Bible, like it had, there's just a lot of similarities that you wouldn't realize or think would exist between a church that is non-Christian and and our Christian church. Mm -hmm. Um, That has been really eye-opening to me. Um, Ever since we went to Nepal, that was a huge thing that we took away was that, wow, we all are just trying to figure out what it is that we believe in. And we believe in a really similar God, even mm-hmm. though they have different names, they're very similar. And we are all trying to connect and find our purpose in this life and figure out, figure out what it is we're doing here. And um, that was really powerful for us in Nepal. I also really loved the chanting in Nepal. And in Nepal, they're Hindu and Buddhist. Um, I don't know about Krishna specifically, but Krishna consciousness is like a takeoff or a sect or a um, break off of Hinduism, and um, which has been really interesting to kind of navigate both of them. And Krishna is actually so Hindus believe in Vishnu, and then people that believe in Krishna consciousness believe that uh, Krishna is. a reincarnated version of Vishnu. So Mm -hmm. each of these different sects or each of these different um, groups believe a little bit differently, but some of them, I think Hindus, I don't know for sure, but I believe some Hindus believe in Krishna and some believe him to be the main God. um, And some don't, I think in, but in Hinduism, there's a bunch of different gods. So yeah, it was interesting that some, some Krishna believers don't want to be associated with Hinduism as much either. So it was kind of interesting, but not all. So maybe it's just kind of one of those personal things where they believe in different parts of it and it might be a little different from person to person. I think like any faith, it's all very individual and, and everyone believes, you know, their own. We're all about um, that here. That's church. Yep. <laughs> That's church. That's Everybody's right. got their own individual spirituality, even yes. if you're in the same church. Yes. <clears throat> um, one of the things, sorry, just going back to Nepal a little bit. Um, in Nepal, I really loved that there were, um, I mean, we were learning about a new faith entirely. Like it was so new to us. And we lived across from, we'll talk more about this when we, we have somebody to interview that is Hindu. And I'm very, very excited about that one. And uh, we'll share a little bit more at that point, but just a little snippet. We lived across the street from a monastery and, or just across, like, it was like my neighborhood right across, like 
it was almost like we went into this little area, like a gated community, and we had an apartment. And then directly across from us was a monastery, and there were monks that lived there. And we would wake up to them chanting, and it was so absolutely beautiful. And we went down into like the main area of Kathmandu and um, there was like a bigger monastery that was like huge. It seemed like more of like the main monastery area. And there were monks chanting with sound bowls and with different kinds of instruments. And uh, we videoed it and we didn't want to video inside the temple. It was like an open air temple. It was absolutely insanely mm. magical. and um. So we didn't want to video inside. We didn't want to be disrespectful in any way, but we videoed kind of away from the temple and just showed the crowd outside of it. It's an amazing video. Below. We'll and have to post it because it's an amazing video. Yeah, I will definitely, um, I, I want to wait to post it, I think, until we interview our Hindu believer, and then we will um, put it on the podcast and then post it at that point because- <sighs> It's yes. incredible. I think it's one that you really have to sit with and like close your eyes and listen to, and then also open your eyes and look around <laughs> at the actual video because close your eyes, open them, close your eyes, open them. <laughs> and um, and be excited for that interview <laughs> because I'm really excited to tell our listeners about the, and you, I don't think I've told you really about it, but our experience <laughs> there at that temple, it was kind of an out-of-body experience, like something mm -hmm. that I've never, to be really immersed in that culture was kind of insane. So mm -hmm. this, wow. this interview and this um, kind of research in, into Krishna has been really exciting for me because it's similar. And I am very excited to um, delve into Hinduism in itself as well when we, mm -hmm. when we approach that topic. Yeah, so, I, I remember you brought that up right away after you visited Krishna. It like brought up those memories for you. And I don't remember mm -hmm. that exact church experience there, but I remember you guys talking about Nepal and it just seemed like one of those trips that changed you guys. I remember specifically there was a story where you, you told me that somebody asked to see a picture of your home and they said, wow, like you live in a mansion. And it, <laughs> you're like, wow, I'm not... Maybe I'm not as grateful for things as I should be, but needless to say, I remember how how Very impactful much. that experience was for mm -hmm. you guys, both of you guys. And I remember you brought back so many souvenirs and had so many amazing stories. So I could totally see how this this type of worship would remind you of Nepal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and yeah, it just kind of brought that spirit back. We also really believe in different spiritual. Um, languages and that sentence i found a tiktok about that recently and just a few weeks ago and i shared it with everybody and that just really really resonates with me mm, i think I that's that. so true like there's definite very specific spiritual language in our church and mm -hmm. i have found that that to be true in every church that we have visited mm. there is a special spiritual language that's very individual that is no better or no less and i think it's finding what spiritual language speaks to you and what mm. you resonate with you know oh i love that so much i i heard somewhere that we all have a spiritual testimony and a secular testimony and our spiritual testimony is more of the things that we don't see and that aren't physical or um, factual. And then the secular one is more factual based and 
more of what we do see and what we can touch and those kinds of things. And I remember them saying that everybody's um, a little different. So some people have more of the secular one and some people have more of the spiritual testimony. And for me, I'm very spiritual. I'm probably like 90, 10 spiritual. And yet for someone like my husband, he needs facts. He needs the truth behind things. And so his is a little more secular. That really resonated with me. Um, we all have a balance of those two things that will be different from person to person. Yes, for sure. Oh, I love that. I love that secular and spiritual. I think I have naturally a more spiritual um, testimony, but I really like both. I really like the facts and I like learning all of the little details. Yes. So, we both love the history too. Yeah. I think that mm -hmm. our dad made us love history. Like yes. That is something that's kind of ingrained in all of us kids. For sure. Oh yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned Krishna um, and you talked a little bit about Krishna himself, which actually we learned that, um, that Krishna is multi-gendered, which I love. I love this so much because as someone who believes in a heavenly mother, I love the idea of a divine feminine figure. So to, I took a note of this and I just wanted to share it because um, I think this is kind of a beautiful thought. But oh, but first of all, they, they have Krishna appear in both the male and female form. So for a minute, I mean, I were a little confused. We're like, wait, what? what's happening here? And then sometimes he'll, um, they'll depict him in both male and female standing side by side. So when we asked them about this, they explained it to us. And um, this was a note that I took. I said, they believe that every soul is both male and female, and that resonates with me. I don't know why we are so concerned about gender in our society when we are all divine souls. And does anything matter more than that, being divine? When we fall in love with someone, do we fall in love with their gender or do we fall in love with their soul? In my opinion, great love happens when two souls collide in love. I wrote that. <laughs> It was beautiful. <laughs> so funny, like reading like something from myself, but it was just like a journal entry and I came across it and I was like, oh man, I would have been so sad if I didn't share this. So, wow. Author unknown. That's what I got. <laughs> Nobody that. knows. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Just edit my I... part of me saying it out. Author unknown. <laughs> No, I mm. love that. That is so beautiful. And I think, thank um, you. Yeah, I think it was really interesting to learn that because I they call him he they call uh, Krishna he throughout the service and throughout their their talks. And, but I think it's just easier to say. And mm. so um, but when and they're both Christian backgrounds, so they might have both been used to saying he yes. to refer to God, totally. which makes sense. Right. Yes. I really love that they not only think that Krishna, that God basically is male and female, they also believe that every individual soul is male and female. And I think that is really just an interesting thought. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what I think, but I think it's an interesting thought. And mm -hmm. I will yeah, think about it for a true. long time. Well, gender is such a spectrum. And that's why I, I think that in our society, we get hung up on it so easily when it, it's a spectrum. I don't, there's not really much to fight about when like, am I more feminine than you? Do I have more feminine traits than you? Like who cares? You know, right, right. I put on my husband's clothes like everybody else. Oh no. Is that just me? <laughs> <laughs> but I do love that thought because yeah. I think it does take something that we've all sort of like thought about in our society and makes it very simplified 
and makes it more about the soul. Mm -hmm. That's something about Krishna in general that I am so impressed with and that I love so much is that they are so soul focused. They focus on the soul of animals, the soul of plants, and like any living organism is a soul to them. Yes. And so they're vegetarian, which I also appreciate as a vegetarian. Um, but they don't make anyone feel bad. Um, they even mentioned our doctrine or our word of wisdom, which was really interesting. And they said, you guys eat meat sparingly, right? And I was like, well, well some, <laughs> some people do in our church, some don't. Um, but they said, you know, yeah, it's in there, <laughs> whether it's observed or not. But, um, but I do. I'm not a, I'm not a vegetarian. Just throwing for that shame, out For shame. For shame. Just... I have been. I've been vegan been. for two years and I was, veg no, I was vegan for six months and ve vegetarian for two years. And it wasn't for me. <laughs> but, but but you're respectful of the meat you eat. And I think yeah. that is the whole point that they wanted to get across was that, you know, all things in moderation. Like, don't take mm -hmm. from the earth too much, or like more than we need to. And and a big part of that is also, you know, to cut back on meat or to show respect to meat as a way of helping Mother Earth. Like, that is something I think all of us can do, whether we're vegetarian or not. And they um, they just had a really beautiful way of explaining that. We're super excited to to share our episode where we interview them because the way they explain it is absolutely beautiful, and they yeah. do a much better job than I do. But um, but I do love that they that they have a vegetarian feast every every Sunday, and they said that they get a lot of college students coming for the free meal, and I was like, that is amazing, and also amazing of them to be so warm and welcoming to these poor starving college students. Isn't that cute? Yeah, they do have uh, like a buffet style food and it's really good. It's like, so good. It's so good. It's so good. But if you go, okay, if you go to the Spanish Fork Temple, we haven't been to eat at the holiday one, but the Spanish Fork one, there is an orange drink. <laughs> oh my gosh, Emmy, why'd you bring it up? Now I need it. You have to Am have Am I going to have to make the drive? It's like a mango deliciousness. I don't what, even know. What is it? I, I want to say know. mango lemonade, but it's not lemonade, but it's, it's so refreshing. And it's not like a mango nectar. I think I had six it, cups, Emmy. <laughs> it's so good. They shouldn't offer it. And I just kept no, going back, going back. Me too. And the first it's time so they had a guy like pouring it for you. And I was so embarrassed, but I still went back multiple times. I was like, oh, so a couple times I just walked past him like. Is he going to offer it? <laughs> We're just really trying to get into the culture, you know? We're trying to, to dive into the culture. More mango juice, please. <laughs> it helps. It's like when you get a sample at Costco and you're like, I'm, this is my first one. Thank you. <laughs> We've seen you before, lady. Um, no, I was going to say that, I, again, like, I am I am the most chill vegetarian. Tell everybody this, Emmy. I am never the kind of vegetarian that's like, what? You didn't prepare me a separate vegetarian meal? Which, you know, anyway, I love sides. I can go to a steakhouse and get an amazing meal because I'll eat all of the sides. So I'm very chill. But it did make me realize that in our church, we don't we don't have very many vegetarian options when we do like ward parties. Um, like a lot of times it's very meat focused, which again, like, that's what I have to go off of is our church. And so I'm comparing the two thinking it was just refreshing to go and see like, uh, not only just like a vegetarian meal, but it was a vegetarian buffet. Like they had 
lentils and beans and salads and the mango drink. Like all of it was was very thought out. And I don't know, it kind of made me think like, oh, maybe like even coming from a chill vegetarian, like I guess there is room for improvement on that in our own church. Like maybe yeah, we could just be a little sure. more mindful. A lot of people are gluten free now and vegan and vegetarian. And so that was impressive. But also I wanted yeah. to talk about how much I love those meals with them. There is something that, I mean, I love the whole church experience, but my favorite part is eating the meal with them afterwards because mm -hmm. it feels like on all of these church visits, I'm looking for, for Christ. And when I say that, this is obviously a non-Christian religion, but I'm looking for that essence of sitting around with people and talking to people and mourning with those that mourn. And I could feel that in those gatherings like that. That meant so much to me to just sit with strangers. Like, I mean, I mean, we're talking about this the other day. The amount of strangers that we've talked to in the last few weeks is like through the roof. But it's been amazing when you sit and listen to someone and they and they know you they can trust you. People will open up. And I, I there were a lot of people I felt like I could trust. And so I opened up to them. And this was all over a vegetarian meal in the Krishna temple in Spanish Fork, Utah. Like when I would have never thought I would be doing something like that. Totally. I, I taught, um, I mentioned before on this podcast that I teach gospel doctrine in our or Sunday school in our, in my ward at church. And I taught this last Sunday and I didn't intend to mention anything about the podcast, but of course it's, it's front of mind because it's something we're doing all the time right now. And we are very passionate about it. Um, and so I just mentioned that I have learned a lot about different religions lately. And so I mentioned that I was chatting with the, the founder of the Krishna temple the other day. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what is my life right now? And <laughs> people are like, wait, who and, is she? <laughs> and then I talked with the rabbi of Utah and as one does, as, as one does, one does. And then Father Paul came over, <laughs> like, but it's so feels like a awesome. joke, like a line in a joke, doesn't it? What do you get when you mix a rabbi and a Krishna leader? <laughs> like this is our life now. Greek Orthodox leader, yeah. No, but I, I love it. Like it's so I, and I realized in in that moment, I felt like, man, I am really becoming very well rounded and well educated and well spiritually fed. It's <laughs> mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. a very good English. Mm. I really am so grateful for this time in our life. And to be honest, it's so much work and like it's so much time and it's stressful, but it is so incredible. And I think if we in the future look back at this and you know if we don't continue it for 50 years and we look back at it I think we will be so grateful for this time that we had. And I think it's such a growing experience. And so I just really encourage anybody that can make any time to research or go to um, any kind of different culture or different religion or different faith. It really is a huge blessing in your life. It, it has been at least in mine. Yeah. I completely agree. I'm misting up over here. What's wrong? With I me? could tell. I think, damn it, Emmy. <laughs> I did that. it. <laughs> I I was laying in bed the other night thinking, oh man, why am I already crying? But yeah. I was thinking, you know, me and you being nine years apart, we never really hung out much or at least very closely as kids. 
And I, I feel like this whole experience, I'm just very grateful for the time I have with you. You're crying. You're crying. No, no. <laughs> dust in our eyes, dust. But I really am, and I, and also, this has really kind of brought out. I mean, it's not, it's not hard to bring out the kid in me because I am a child. But I, I do feel like when we get together, we like are jumping up and down, and we're just like children. And I'm like, oh, this is like the missed childhood of us together. You know, like, and I'm very. It's just very special to me this time of life with you. Like, I would love for this podcast to bless other people's lives, but I already feel like it's blessed our lives. And so no matter what happens, I'm grateful we did this for us because it's opened my mind up. It's brought you and I closer together. We were already close, but I do think like, you know, sitting down and editing for six hours, you get even closer. <laughs> and um, yes. yeah, it's just, it's overall been an overwhelmingly incredible experience and a lot of work. I agree. It's been a lot of work, but I think that the fact that we're still here doing it shows how passionate we are about this. So we ain't going anywhere, people. No. Nope. Emmy, get out our cards. Show them. We got cards now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We ain't going nowhere, especially now. Today. <laughs> we're feeling pretty That's fancy. Right. That's right. <laughs> um, we're too much ourselves on this we'll episode. We got to reel it in. Reel it in. Reel it in. <laughs> um, no, truly, though, I agree 100%. I feel like I've needed you in my life more. And I think like throughout mm -hmm. my life, I've seen you be close to other people. And I'm like, oh, I want that. <laughs> like, I, and, <laughs> and same always... with you. When I was a kid, I was like, you and Amber hanging out. I'm like, oh, they're too cool for me. Oh. <laughs> That's so sweet. See? Oh, see? Yeah, I'm so grateful for it. And I think and and of course, yeah, we've always been close, but this is just like a next level. And and I think you do connect on a much more intimate level when you connect spiritually and when you connect in things that are very real. Mm -hmm. Just going together and talking to strangers and like kind of having to like lean on each other and count mm -hmm. on each other and knowing if I don't know something or I forget something or I don't know how to respond like you're there and you're like the same brain but but divided like that's pretty awesome we're always picking up each other's slack should we tell them how I introduced myself uh, yes. to the rabbi Emmy yes you should I, I introduced myself as Emily and I didn't even catch it Emmy caught it. She's like, no, actually, I'm Emily. <laughs> so, so that's an that is an example of how we take care of each other. <laughs> right, Ashley? You're Ashley now. Just yes, go with it. Emily. <laughs> Thank you. I cannot believe I did that. But our that brains really have been a, a bit jumbled with how many people we've interviewed lately. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Jumbled. It was so funny. Was, this lady walked up to us that knew me because I had been there before. And she was like, oh, hey, Emily. And she started talking to me. And then she goes, and this is your sister? She knew you before, she... so I couldn't even trick her, even if I wanted to. <laughs> and Ashley said, hi, I'm Emily. And I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> Yeah, it was very flattering to me, honestly. I was That's like, oh, it should be. she would claim my name. Like, I really tell everyone, like, I'm so proud. Okay. okay, well, let's move on from that embarrassing moment. Move. 
we're probably probably going to wrap up here soon, but I wanted to mention one of the things I love about Krishna is they try to experience their religion with all five senses. And so I took a note of this as well. When you walk in, you smell incense, you hear the music and the chanting, you see the art and the different depictions of Krishna, you taste the incredible vegetarian meal, and you touch prayer beads that remind you of God. Do you have anything to say about that? That's church. That's church. Mic drop. She dropped something. I don't know what that was. (laughs) Yeah, I just love that. That's something I want to implement into my own faith. Like I, I think that those those things are so important. It feels very Buddhist to me too. Like Mm -hmm. it feels very mindful. Like using all of your senses to experience God. And I also wanted to mention really quick that they are so respectful of other religions. There during one of his um. I'm going to call it a lesson, but, or sermons, services. I don't don't know what he calls it. Probably a service. Maybe during one of his services, he mentions Joseph Smith and he mentioned, um, and and they also refer to Krishna quite often as God. And I feel like they do that because they know they have a lot of visitors, um, LDS visitors. And like we mentioned before, college students. And so I think that that is their way of trying to be extra respectful and again, like what we're all about here is like the connecting of communities and the, the respecting of other religious communities. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that he even quoted Gordon B. Hinckley like oh, a couple yeah. times. Yes. And he talked about Joseph Smith. It's just really uh, respectful. And he talks about the things that are the same. And in our in our next episode, um, we talk with him about that a little bit. And it's really enlightening and mm-hmm. super interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention, I looked behind me at one point because this is not my normal background. I turned my thing a little bit and it's kind of throwing me off. But I noticed I have little Buddhist statues right there. Oh, I know it's not a Buddha thing, but no, it feels like the same kind of energy, though. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Well, in in Nepal, they they are Hindu and Buddhist, like and they don't say which they are really. They're like, well, we're like the Buddhist culture, but Hindu religion, I think that's kind Mm -hmm. of more the way that they anyway, these and maybe I should do this later when we do Buddha, because we are going to do the Buddhist temple. But um. These are the gods of fertility. <laughs> oh, look out. I don't keep that away from me. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need it anymore either. But it worked. It worked four times. It worked when you so, needed it. Talk we... about them actually in Korea on his mission. Man, you guys are world travelers. Anyway. We're so lucky to have Emily call world traveler here with us. No, I'm just kidding. We, But I do think that traveling is part of our spirituality. We both, I mean, we both grew up traveling. We we are related. We grew up traveling together. Go figures. Our mom worked for JetBlue and she would use her buddy passes to fly us different places. And there were times where we would sit. I would sit at like the front of the plane by myself. My mom at the back. Like you just take whatever seat is available. And I remember doing that at like nine, 10 years old, maybe, and being a little nervous, but we were all like, we just got to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll do whatever we can to get there. And I think that has instilled a, a um, love for travel in all of us kids. Even before we traveled, though, you you grew up traveling. When I was a kid, we didn't travel as much until I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So you grew up traveling as a kid. I didn't until, yeah, I remember in middle school, people talking about going to Hawaii. And I was like, Oh, that would be cool to like go places. But anyway, I 
always had the desire to travel the world though like mm. even from a very young age before we traveled I've always wanted to see everything like I really want to mm -hmm. see every country like that is my bucket list <laughs> um, not realistically probably but mostly Europe I really really connect with and love Europe and Asia as well but anyway yeah. um, most of my companions on my mission were Asian and um, I just really connected with the culture and the people and um, and then Todd went to Korea. So we connected in that way as well. And tell him what anyway. he said to you when you guys first met really quickly, because it's really cute. Oh, yeah. That is he cute. said, so he knew, um, well, I said, so he knew that I went on my mission to LA and there was someone in my mission that transferred from his mission that was his companion um, in Korea and he transferred to LA and I knew him quite well anyway. And so I mentioned that I knew a word in Korean and I had learned it in the MTC and I only knew one word and it was hello. It was one. And it was one word. And so he said, he said, Oh, I went to Korea on my mission. And I said, Oh, which is hello not well spoken, but it means hello. And he says later, you had me at Anyang Haseyo. So I already knew the story, but it's still so sweet. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so cute. That's sweet. It really feels very meant to be. I love that story. Because you did, I feel like you went, like Jake, our brother went to Spain and you went to LA and I feel like you guys both had the same amount of like culture shock. At least it sounded like it because like you sure. had so many different cultures. LA is like a melting pot, right? Yes. So you had all of these different cultures around you and Jake was obviously immersed in Spain, but, but it and is I, interesting to think about. I loved it. And one of my companions also loved the culture part of it. And so when I was, she was my second companion and she was one of my only Caucasian companions. Anyway, her and I would go to a different um, place to eat every P day. So we would go to like Persian, we would go to um, so like cool. random Egyptian food, um, like super random because we just really wanted the different culture. And there were different people that worked in these restaurants and they were so authentic because it is such a melting pot. So I love that we did that and kind of got like really a good array of culture. And I lived in Koreatown and I lived in Chinatown. Uh, anyway. It was just awesome. I loved it. And so, cool. so obviously I, and I always wanted to know more about the different churches and we were really a big part of the Jewish community because we lived near Beverly Hills and, um, uh, um, anyway, we were near Beverly Hills where there's a large population of Jewish community. And so we kind of became a part of that and we'd go to, we went to a couple of their services and, um, there was a man that we'll be speaking with later, um, named Mark Paredes. And he is awesome. And he was a consulate in Israel for the Jewish community and a bunch of his, his bio is like, in it's like a full podcast in itself so i'm excited about that as well but um there's just been so many things in my life that have led me to have the desire to learn about different religions and different cultures and so this is just so amazing for me to be able to live it out and research it and, and like be in it you know amen that's church that's church <laughs> 
Um, I think we're going to end now, but we wanted to share a really cute clip of my daughter. My daughter, Birdie, loved the Krishna temple the most of all of my children. They all enjoyed it, but she loved it the most, and it makes sense. She's like my mini me. She loved especially the llamas and the parrots, but she I thought that that was like the, mostly the extent of it. But then later she talked about the service and how much she loved it. And that was really cute to me. So we're going to share a little clip of that at the end here. So hang around. Thank you to the Krishna Temple for allowing us to record that uplifting chanting during their service so we could share it with our listeners. Their services are held on Sundays at 5 p.m. at the Spanish Fork location and Saturdays at 7 p.m. at their Mill Creek location. For addresses and hours, check their website at utahkrishnas.org. And for more information about Krishna, visit krishna.com. Our rating and review means so much to us, and you can follow us on Instagram at That's Church Podcast. My favorite was that um, I felt the spirit, and my other favorite was that I heard the music. Was the music? What was your favorite part? The animals, and I think the music sounded cool. I didn't like the music; it was too loud. I liked feeding llamas, and we tried feeding the parrots. I love. There's another thing that I really like yeah. is that the llamas would let me pet them. They were so fluffy and soft. What was your favorite? I will tell you my favorite. Thanks for asking. But first, I was gonna say, what did you notice that's like different from it than our church? Most of all, the church had was like round and stuff. The church it was like, like, yeah, it looked different than our church. Yeah, and it had true. a gift. It looked like the Aladdin had cat. A gift shop. Our church does not have a gift shop. That's true. So I thought it was gonna look the, like our church, but like orange for some reason. <laughs> what did you think about when they put the dot on our heads and things like that? I liked that. Was kind of she for, but I was too close to everyone else that she didn't put any water on my head. She skipped me. Oh, she did. But but yeah, she put she, fire on my head. She flicked water in my face, and I did not see it coming, so it kind of shocked me. <laughs> it was pretty cool, huh? I think that that and the um, when they gave us the water and they put the dot on our forehead, I think that's kind of like when we take the sacrament in our church. Didn't it feel kind of similar to that? Yeah. Like, like similar but different. Yeah, but they the water tasted kind of different. It tasted weird. Yeah, but I liked it. But it I tasted think it was like. Um, sugar water maybe that's what butterflies eat enjoy the beautiful Radha Dasi's voice to end and make it a wonderful day that's church mm-hmm.